0: Bob Cudmore with you. This is the Historian's Podcast. This episode was recorded at a meeting of the Capital District Genealogical Society at the Sanford Library in Colony. Finding your roots has become a passion for many and a cottage industry for some. People wonder whether their ancestors were noteworthy. One of the people I spoke with at the Genealogical Society meeting was Eric Johnson an African-American from suburban Clifton Park near Albany. The name Johnson has been in the news this year. Sergeant William Henry Johnson from Albany was a black soldier who served bravely alongside French troops in World War I. Henry Johnson came under attack by a large German raiding party, as many as 24 soldiers in May of 1918. Johnson single-handedly repelled the attack, according to Wikipedia, and was wounded numerous times. Henry Johnson died in 1929 and finally was awarded a posthumous Congressional Medal of Honor by President Barack Obama in a White House ceremony in June. We're at the Capitol District Genealogist Meeting and we're talking with Eric Johnson. How are you? Fine. Fine. Let me ask you this: um, You are an African American. Are, are you related to Henry Johnson?
1: No, I'm not. No, I'm not.
0: But you're into genealogy. I mean, that would have been.
1: What's that? I've been doing it for 15 years. Yes.
0: What have you What have you found, or what uh, propels you in this field?
1: Well, I've been able to trace my family name back to the court of uh, Queen Anne the first. Really? In England, yes. Uh, relatives who served in the uh, Revolutionary War. Had a descendant who was a captain under the George Washington from North Carolina. Um, and other members, I have a great-great-great-grandmother who was from Scotch-Irish. Uh, was Scotch Irish. settled in um, southwestern uh, Kentucky, which is near the uh, border of Tennessee, near the Jackson, Tennessee area. And I started my uh, immediate family line.
0: Why do you do it? I mean, why do you look up your ancestors?
1: Because I want to know about the people I came from. That's why. Who am I, who am I a, a copy of or what did they go through? And what did they accomplish or didn't accomplish versus all the odds? That's what I like about it.
0: And you've been doing this for, for some time. What are you working on now?
1: Well, I'm still working on it. I'm working on my father's side now. I've done my mother's family. That was the family all the way back to Queen Anne. I'm doing my father's uh, family tree now. Mm.
0: When you mentioned Queen Anne, I mean that was about the time they were settling, or the Europeans were settling up here, because oh, that 1560.
1: Yeah, Queen Anne Anne I, the daughter of Anne Boleyn. Okay.
0: Oh, that's oh, I see it. That okay. I was thinking of a different Queen Anne.
1: Mm, no. <laughs> I think,
0: like it was in the 1700s. but that you know it does uh, go back uh, quite a ways. I mean, is that unusual among your fellow genealogists to, to trace your roots uh, back that far?
1: Yes it is and especially um, uh, I'm familiar with a uh, black genealogists to go back that far because of the record separation but what happened? You usually can trace the uh, European side, not the African side. There
0: just weren't written records.
1: They weren't. Any, no, they weren't. After they were esconded uh, from uh, from Africa, there was no details re- referring back to which tribe or part of Africa they were from, and such. You might be able to find um, if you can, if you can trace back to uh, the boat they came on. You can, you can guess what uh, region they were taken from. Mm-hmm. But that's also a, um, a guess because my, uh, my wife's family, uh, her, great, her great-grandfather was a very, very tall man. And it was said that um, their descendant was from uh, Ethiopia, mm-hmm. which is Eastern Africa. And the slaves were taken from Western Africa. Mm, yeah. So, supposedly, he was uh, journeying, journeying across, across the continent and got picked up in a uh, suite, mm. you know. And that's how he wound up uh, in this area. I mean, in the United States. Where do you live now? I live in Clifton Park, New York.
0: Well, thank you very much, Eric Johnson. My no. pleasure. The Capital District Genealogical Society was organized in 1981. The purpose, according to the group's mission statement, is to teach members and other interested people how to trace their family roots, lineage or heritage, to provide help to those seeking information via queries or relatives and or family who in the past had connection to the capital district and nearby counties, and to educate the general public by conducting programs relevant to the purpose of the society and to coordinate the interests and concerns of people or organizations in the development of information and resources. The Society draws its members from Albany, Columbia, Fulton, Green, Montgomery, Rensselaer, Saratoga, Schenectady, Schoharie, and Washington counties. Its website is capitaldistrictgenealogicalsociety.com. Dues are just $15 a year. You can email the group at contactcdgs at gmail.com, that's contactcdgs at at gmail.com, or write to the Capital District Genealogical Society, Empire State Plaza Station, Albany, 12220-0175. The Society's current president is Shirley Milbert. The Capital District Genealogical Society meets the fourth Saturday of most months at 1 p.m. at the Sanford Library, the town of Colony on Albany-Shaker Road in Loudonville. That's near the Times Union near the north end of Wolf Road. The group also maintains a genealogy support desk at the New York State Library in Albany. The monthly meetings include a computer session and other interest groups and a speaker. Topics still to come this year include Fulton County genealogy, the saga of the Skirmerhorn family, and a talk by Jim Richmond. Jim Richmond, retired from GE, has had a long interest in genealogy and local history and is publishing a book about the Revolutionary War raid by British and Indian troops on Middle Line Road in what is now the town of Ballston. The book also deals with the Cateros-a-Ross Ross patent or land grant. This is Bob Cudmore, and we're at the Capital District uh, Genealogist, and we're talking with Jim Richmond. How you doing, Jim?
2: I'm doing well. Good to, good to finally meet you, Bob. Well, yes, yeah, nice
0: to meet you. And uh, I'm the speaker, or was the speaker in July. I understand you're the speaker in August. And what is it you're going to speak about?
2: Yeah, I'm going to speak a little bit about a, a, a book that I've been developing over the last year. Um, it started out um, as a very small pamphlet, a project on the uh, 1780 British raid on Middle Line Road during the American Revolution. Uh, I lived near there, and so I was I was interested in that raid, and I was interested from the standpoint of there are a number of accounts of the of that raid and the people that lived along Middle Line Road um, that, that described the raid as they went from house to house, they burned their houses, they took their uh, possessions and they also trooped about 25 or 30 of the men uh, to uh, Canada and took them as a uh, as uh, hostages if you will and uh, they were in prison for two years until the end of, of the revolution so my background is uh, um, in terms of the history is more the genealogy portion of it so I was interested in Uh, In that year, in 1780, the people along Middle Line Road, how did they come to live there, okay, very soon after the Cateros patent, which is the area in Saratoga County that was the original land grant, um, how they came to to live there, to be associated, to live on that same street together. So I did some research on the families, each of the families that were involved in the raid, um, and looked at their genealogical history going back to their... Early roots, and it, it turns out that the vast majority of them came from Connecticut, and a number of them had been very early immigrants to New England. Uh, some as early as uh, right after the Mayflower in the early 1620s. So that was kind of my original interest um, in telling that story. And but as happens with a lot of uh, people that are interested in history. Uh, You get into a kind of a scope creep, and in order to do that, tell that story, I felt I needed to go back into the background of the Kate patent, how that was developed, and why that was uh, a land grant that was granted like in 1708, but hadn't been settled for 60 years later. So I wanted to tell that story as well. And we're
0: speaking again with uh, Jim Richmond. Fascinating stuff you're talking about. A little point of information. I mentioned this to you privately, uh, that uh, we do uh, the Historian's Podcast at East Line Studio on East Line Road in Saratoga County. And we're talking Middle Line Road in Saratoga County. And what? And, and was the community called Middle Line, or where, where do they take the, the uh, hostages from?
2: Okay, well, interestingly, the, uh, the town of Ballston really was uh, previously known as the five-mile square. And it was that section of the Cateros patent that was set aside pay the cost of the uh, the surveyors that had done the uh, land surveying for the entire patent. East Line was the eastern border of uh, Ballston. Middle Line was obviously the center of it. And a road was developed along uh, that center line uh, called Middle Line. And a lot of the... Uh, uh, the uh, Land uh, grants were parcelled out into 200-acre lots along that area, and the uh, the people that lived it uh, lived there bought the, the land often from speculators, who bought large pieces and then they broke it down into 200-acre lots. And so, by 1780, it was about 25 families that lived along there, and they had only lived there for a very short amount of time. So they were probably still living in log cabins, very. Uh, Roughly at the time, probably had only cleared an acre or two of their 200 acres, and were just starting out. Now,
0: you mentioned the Ross patent, and I've heard of that. I mean, all this concept of a patent—that was a, a grant, I presume, from the British government to somebody to, for for land. But this particular patent was it not um, suspect in, in in many ways, or or there were problems with it?
2: Yes, it certainly was. In fact, that's one of the interesting. Uh, stories that needs to be told about that. Um, The grant was made in 1708 uh, by Lord Cornberry, who was the governor of New York, um, on behalf of Queen Anne, and it was one of a number of grants um, in that early time frame uh, that were given to pretty much the well-connected folks that lived in New York City area that had connections with the government. And so, what happened is that a, a number, the plan would be that the uh, people would have to get uh, a, a deed from the Indians, okay, which was the local Mohawk tribe, bring that to the governor for him to issue the official land grant. Um, in later years, after 1708, the uh, the local Mohawks claimed that that land was for three farms along the Mohawk River, really in the town of Colony, in that area. Um, By the time the grant had been issued, it had morphed into an 800,000-acre grant all the way up to uh, as far north as uh, as Glens Falls and as far west as Amsterdam. Okay, And the the, uh, Mohawks never agreed to that, and therefore it was in dispute for 50 or 60 years. And as a result of that, the uh, proprietors who purchased the land... Uh, would never in a position to be able to get clear title and and start uh, settlements. Yeah, again, a little
0: knowledge, a dangerous thing. My understanding has been, or just sort of, uh, because, for example, Amsterdam, which I know more about, the city of Amsterdam, uh, in large part wasn't settled until after the revolution that it took, you know, the eviction, really, of the Mohawks before this was really settled.
2: Yeah, this whole area, in fact, uh, Saratoga County up as far uh, west as uh, Johnstown uh, remained the the largest area north of Albany that was unsettled up till the time of the Revolution. West of here, we had William Johnson, who settled uh, Johnstown, and he came in uh, 1738, I believe, and... Uh, and uh, uh, was uh, also the Indian uh, uh, commissioner and agent. And so the area around Johnstown was developed earlier. The area area east of us along the Hudson River was uh, developed much earlier in the 1750s and was uh, the the largest plantation there was General Philip Schuyler, who was the Revolutionary War General. The area in between, which was the Cateros, was never developed because of the dispute with the Indians. Mm So these folks and uh, came to Middle
0: Line or you know where the raid took place from Connecticut and why did they come there?
2: Yeah, by by and large they, they came uh, from Connecticut as it turns out for, for a number of reasons. Uh, one, land in Connecticut was becoming more and more expensive as it became more dear. All right, the and as as we know, a lot of the uh, uh, the push for western migration. Was the lack of land? If you were a farmer in uh, in, in New England and you had uh, 100 acres and you had five sons, you couldn't live on 20 acres. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there was always a push westward. That was a, a part of American history forever. Uh, that was one of the uh, the biggest uh, drivers was the uh, the price of land. Price of land in Connecticut at that time was uh, two to three pounds uh, an acre, and in uh, in the Cateros Patent it was half a pound an mm-hmm. acre.
0: And the raid, uh, the uh, Tories and the Indians, why did they do this? I mean, it's rather, well, it seems late in the revolution, 1780. It's after the big battle of Saratoga that took place uh, in 1777. What were they trying to accomplish, and did they
2: accomplish it? I guess one of the uh, biggest unknowns about the uh, uh, hidden fact, if you will, about the revolution is that, uh, the uh, the most difficult part of the uh, of the revolutionary era for the the people that lived in this area happened after Saratoga, not during Saratoga, and that is because it became a uh, a, a battleground between the the English who would, uh, who were st- uh, obviously stationed in Canada and the local uh, uh, Americans that were stationed around Albany, Schenectady, in that area, and in 1779 there was a uh, a, a large raid by General Sullivan under uh, uh, who was asked by General Washington to uh, uh, go and destroy the Iroquois villages because they were providing the foodstuffs for the British in New York City and they basically wiped out a lot of the uh, Iroquois villages. The raids in the next year, 1780, uh, were in retribution for that and that was one of the uh, reasons that the, the raid happened. This raid on Boston. Uh, was uh, about 200 folks, uh, uh, 200 British and Indian and Tory soldiers, which was part of a larger uh, 1,000-man raid that was uh, um, developed by uh, Christopher uh, Carlton, who came down and actually once again destroyed Fort Edward. Mm -hmm. There was a battle at Lake George, and this all happened in 1780. Mm And those, those smaller raids seemed to have a bigger impact on the average person mm-hmm. uh, as it, it kind of destroyed their livelihood.
0: So what happened to the uh, mainly men, right, who were taken prisoner in, uh, in Boston?
2: Right, yeah. There was about uh, 25 men that were taken prisoner uh, um, plus a, a few slaves. It was interesting that there were slaves of some of the larger landowners in there. Uh, the women and children were not taken Uh, They they fled back uh, to their. uh, Some of them fled back to their homes in uh, in Connecticut. Uh, But the uh, the 25 men uh, were taken to Canada, as I said, where they stayed for basically two years, imprisoned. Interestingly, some of the 25, and I'm trying to determine exactly how many now, uh, were given to the Indians as part of their payment for participation in the raid, and some of them actually went to uh, uh, to Indian villages to live. Uh, and then it, towards the end of the war uh, in 1782, uh, most of the prisoners were released and returned. Some of the families returned to Middle Line Road. Others uh, returned to their homesteads, their family homesteads in New England and never came back. Mm.
0: Jim Richmond, yeah. right? Fascinating stuff. Uh, tell us about your book with the title and when it's going to be out and so forth.
2: Yes, yeah, so well, right now I'm working on uh, the, uh, uh, the latter part of the book. Uh, my original intention had been to uh, develop this as part of the 235th anniversary of the raid, which would be in October of 2015. Uh, however, the, uh, uh, the fact is that as we get more and more into the research, I realize it takes a little longer than that, so I anticipate uh, that this will be uh, locally published, and it will be out uh, in the first quarter of 2016.
0: Thank you very much.
2: Okay. Thank you, Bob. I want
0: to thank Jim Richmond, Terry Moran, and Eric Johnson from the Capital District Genealogical Society for joining us on The Historian's Podcast. I'm Bob Cudmore.